coming to you from the headquarters of the hashtag Justice for Number One campaign. This is Politrix. everyone to episode 31 of Polytrex. We will be continuing our Engage with Star Trek Picard series with a review slash analysis slash breakdown slash fan personing with episode 4, Absolute Candor. I have a wonderful guest host joining me today. I'll, I have so many things I want to share about her, which I will hear in a bit. But first, I wanted you to know that we are a proud member of the Trek Geeks Network. They are weird, wonderful, crazy people that let us be weird, wonderful, and crazy, which is the dream team. That's all I could ever ask for. If you ever thought some brown guy with a nerdy passion for Star Trek could have a podcast, where would it go? It would probably go on Trek Geeks. And so we ended up on Trek Geeks. We are so happy to be a part of this network. And we are just as happy to have Fansets as a sponsor for this episode. Later in the episode, you'll hear a discount code for our show, which will give you 15% off on all your pin purchases from Fansets. They actually have pre-orders going right now for the Picard show. They have the visitor badge and another, I believe it's the... Clancy badge that she was wearing. Uh, they they have the pre-orders for those because they know they're going to sell out. They wanted people to get on it as quickly as possible. So later in the show, you could use this code that'll give you 15% off for when you purchase them. Fansets, our pins have character. All right, now on to the episode. Before we get into everything, I first want to introduce my Captain Rios, who will be driving the ship with me and... Let me take crazy detours while she deals with all the holograms. It's the delightful Jen Tift, who I know from Faraday. She plays my trusty number one on the role-playing podcast, Faraday. She also does an awesome podcast called Snaptrack. There's so many things she has going on. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's it's so nice to talk to you, Shashank. It, the <laughs> pleasure always, is but... all mine. First, Captain Captain Rye. <laughs> oh, you're so nice to say. Uh, for those of you who do not know, I play Captain Varun Rai on Faraday, which is a wonderful role-playing tabletop podcast run by Admiral Fliss. And I could not have asked for a better number one in Commander Kiva, Aww, who is played by you. the delightful Jente. I have done some <laughs> horrible things, to her, which you will hear about when you listen to the I can't wait for you guys to hear series. some yes. of it. <laughs> but... I, she is still sticking around. So oh, one of, course, of us is crazy. Of course. And oh. one of us is just really, really forgiving. So, uh, <laughs> thank uh, you for Great captain and a, and a great, great fun that podcast is. So. Well, uh, 
to to so people here. can get in touch with us i will tell them that they can find us on at polytrex on twitter that's p o l i t r e k s on twitter i believe we also have a facebook page but i am not on facebook and there is also a facebook group called camp kitomer which is all about positive fandom i hear i cannot vouch for this even though i'm part of the network and know what crazy stuff they have going on in there but i believe you can find all these things there and jen where can people find you and all the cool things you do Twitter is the best place to find me. I'm at eat at quarks on Twitter. And you can find my my podcast is uh, the Snapchat podcast. And that's also uh, at Snapchat on Twitter. And at Faraday, right? Or what it's fair at Faraday ST pod, I think. Yes, you are yes. correct. Uh, <laughs> but yes, people can also find us doing crazy things, going to space yes. and fighting aliens and doing all kinds of nutty stuff. Yes, captain and first officer. Yes. And great and crew. And a bunch of other and a bu- crazy <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Shashank, our, our dear Shashank here also plays. Uh, I don't want to ruin it in case you haven't. In case you want to check it out. He also has a great character he plays in addition to Captain Fry, uh, which is always a joy when he, he comes up. He's a little bit of a, a comedic character. Yes, I think it's good. I think <laughs> it's, it's great. It's I think it's the greatest character in any so role playing. So game. does the character. Yes. <laughs> the character himself <laughs> but oh man yes if but, you have not yeah. please check us check it out yes check out uh, <laughs> faraday thanks for that awesome plug i should have done that but clearly i'm glad someone better is on the job today so <laughs> that's what the first officer's for <laughs> yes thank you i before we get into the actual episode absolute candor please note yes. that this is full of spoilers so if you have not seen the episode pause this podcast like right now pause it i don't care if you're at work I don't care if you're walking your treadmill. Okay, if you're walking your treadmill, make sure you finish it and your heart rate is down to a respectable level and then go watch the episode and then come back and listen to us. Or if you're someone who doesn't care about spoilers, hey, do not complain about it. We told you this is full of spoilers, so you have been warned. Anyway, before we get into the actual episode, Jen, I have always been curious about this and I have not gotten an answer, so I thought I'd ask you about this and put you on the spot where did okay. eat at quarks come from <laughs> oh uh, well i mean i mean there's no like great story or anything it's just that uh that's where i'd be <laughs> if i was in the star trek universe i'd be playing tango after hours at quarks um and i i, I like that that i really get a kick out of that scene where Quark decides he's going to advertise and he plays a little jingle, you know, the come to Quarks. Quarks is fun. <laughs> oh, I always thought that was that was funny. And just, you know, eat at Quarks is just like, you know, like eat at Joe's. It's just like an advertisement kind of thing. So unplugging Quarks is just <laughs> basically all it is. <laughs> Way to plug a restaurant from the future, which is not really known for its quality <laughs> or customer service. Yeah, you know, they, I don't, they don't really mention the, the food much at Quarks, but. But uh, I bet I, like Morn can attest to it's uh, the the drinks at if least. Slash when he speaks, Morn <laughs> will attest to the quality. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> is Deep Space Nine your favorite track? It is. It is. I love them all, every incarnation. But Deep Space Nine is my fave. Yeah, it's like you say you love all your kids equally, but you have a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Just admit. <admitted. laughs> no, I have three kids, love them equally. <laughs> I'm not copping to that, but. And you, dear listener, Space Nine. <laughs> I would like to know who your favorite child is. Please tweet us at, at Polytrex and tell us who your favorite child is. Oh, Hashtag no. justice That's for fun. your favorite child. <laughs> 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 hmm. 
Who is your favorite Trek character, Jen? Oh, ooh, of all time, probably Dax in general. Uh, specifically Jadzia Dax, I would say. If I had to pick, if I was, you know, pinned down and had to pick one. Um, I, I just, I, I find, I find the character of Dax utterly fascinating that, you know, we've known them through three lifetimes, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, different yet the same character. And Jezia is someone who is, who lives life the way I would like to live my life, you know, with, with just total abandon, go with the flow, enjoy and try new things and, you know, just live. She lives every day, you know, she doesn't just exist. And I really like that about her. Well, that is awesome, so, Jen. Thank you for thanks. sharing that. Okay, now <laughs> let's get into Star Trek Picard. Yes. Episode four, Absolute Candid. This is my, this is my favorite episode of Picard so far, for sure. Uh, I really enjoy the writing style of Michael Chabon, and it, he he just he he ha, he has a way like of 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 ge- getting deep into uh, different layers. Like every every everything everything that he writes, every line he writes has layers and layers and layers, and I love that. Um, directed by Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> Um, I love the direction here too. I, I I love the world building in this episode. Romulans are my favorite. Uh, my favorite alien race are the Romulans. So I'm actually so of course I'm you know just loving Picard. Uh, but th- this episode in particular, I love what they did with it. And then of course, how can I not love the end? <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But. We're, you know, getting to see our beloved Seven again. So yeah, this episode was is my favorite out of the four so far. All right, that is what good to hear. For me, I still right? like the pilot. Yeah, but yeah, there was that, something about seeing just seeing Picard back after all those years, right? Well, uh, and also my biggest reason for loving the pilot is there is number one in the pilot, and <laughs> yes. we do not see number one again in any oh. of the. Other three episodes so far. Hashtag justice for number one. <laughs> Hashtag what the hell? Where is my pitbull? He's there. He's enjoying harvest season with uh, Laris and and the other guy. Javan. <laughs> Javan. Thank you. <laughs> you would not have had that much trouble, Jen, if you had listened to me and then gone and bought the Star Trek Picard Countdown comics. No. Because they are all about Javan and Laris. Oh, Awesome. I, they should I, tell I, you, dear listeners, that my friends do not listen to me. <laughs> I have a rule that I don't do any tie-in comics or books until after the series is is done because I don't. I, I want to see on screen the the story as they want us, you know, to to know on screen, and then I'll go back and supplement with with all the good stuff after that. You know, I don't want to get any bonus things. I just want to know what they want to tell us on screen. But but I have heard that those comics are excellent. <laughs> yes, they are really good. And are they? 
Personally, I think they enhance the viewing experience of yeah. the show. Yes. But hey, personal personal preference. Yeah. Yes, to each their own. <laughs> All I'm saying is number one. Where is number one? Where it's is number one? Sh- yes, it's a big ship. <laughs> the La Serena is a big <laughs> ship. That's true. We could have taken them with them. They reconstructed Picard study. Could they just not have had the dog? <laughs> just everything is better with the dog. But but then if they took the dog, I'd have to worry about the dog when they go through all these dangerous situations. And I don't want to have to worry about him. I just want to picture him, you know, lying on the patio, enjoying the sun, <laughs> back at Chateau Picard, you know, where he's safe. <laughs> or it could be like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt's Pitbull, where Picard could just be directing number one to take down some crazy Romulan terrorists, you know? Oh, that's he, true. He okay. would have an addition. Yeah. It would be full. He would. He could go full John Wick. He, <laughs> Full Jean Luc Wick. No. Anyway. Keep him safe. Keep him safe. <laughs> Hashtag bring back yeah, number one. I love All number right. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well I wanna see I wanna see I wanna see number one and our Romulan friends at the chateau again. Hopefully we will. Meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, back at the chateau, chateau kind of yeah. scenes. Just you know? cut back to like, you know, they're doing a an hour-long show about everything going on in space. Yeah. I wish they would do like a five-minute beginning or an ending snippet, like a short story of, you know what, yeah, number one did today? On he caught a squirrel <laughs> and then he let it go. And that's he the He had story. a great day. He was a good boy. <laughs> yes. Like, show me that. At least just give me that. <laughs> we At gave least him, they gave him lots that. of treats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. And <laughs> anyway. I hope people listen to me and give us that, but I don't think anyone's listening. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to the episode itself. So I, I felt like this was the closest to like the traditional TNG episode, because even if you haven't seen anything up till now, you kind of can start catching up if you've only seen episode four, because it's like almost like a short story about Picard and the Kovat Millet and mm-hmm. Vashti and even though it eventually ties into the larger story, I felt like it was a little one-shot story that fits right in as, you know, if you've not seen the show yet, you can start here. And also not a whole lot goes on with the artifact in this episode. That's not to say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the episode's focus is Elnor and Picard. So I felt like it was the closest to like a traditional one-shot, one episode that's a story by itself. Yeah, we got the the Elnor origin story episode is basically mm-hmm. what it was. And I wonder if we'll see flashbacks of the other characters, too, to try to get a little bit of background on them. Um, but yeah, so so who knows what's going to be from here on in. Maybe it will be a little bit more episodic like that. I mean, it's obvious there's obviously, you know, a mission they're on. That's a that's a season length mission. But it sounds like they they can, you know, block it off into chunks and maybe, you know, maybe have it more like like the first three episodes were obviously just one arc of them getting getting on the road. But we don't really know what it's going to be from here on out, what they're going to do. And all, all the previews and stuff that they shared were from the first three episodes, too, yeah. which is smart. And so now nobody knows what's going to happen right, except the right. people who made the show. Exciting. <laughs> uh, we have we here at Polytrex had some crazy theories about the backstory of Jurati. I okay. went so far to say that she's a skin grafted Maddox. Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, Ali was not on board with that theory. <laughs> and 
Yeah, and people have been saying she's a spy for O and everything, and I don't know. I don't know what to think. What to think of her? But, and, uh, uh, for Rios, I feel like they're. I, I'll share some more about Rios and his backstory, but I feel like they're saving who his captain was because it's somebody we know, and oh. we'll find out. Oh, that I that hope not. Died. And want- especially with the Klingon opera reference in this episode, oh. and. Uh, I yeah I've I've thoughts about Rios but and there is uh, <laughs> you have thoughts yes, about there everything. Is a, <laughs> there is a significant amount of backstory on Rafi Musiker, uh, which you can find out if you mm-hmm. read Star Trek: Picard <laughs> Countdown, the comic book series that shows some of their uh, origin. Well, but you know, again, <laughs> to each their own, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there'll be some on screen. I'm sure some of that will make it on screen. Yeah, we saw a part Aaron. of it in episode three, right? Which is where they they're in their uniforms. Oh yeah, when she got fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and and if you do, you watch the the ready room. Yes. Um, yeah, because yeah. Oh, I really like it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they mentioned that there would be more backstory about um, the Rafi and Rios friendship, like how they met and became friends and everything. So I know we'll see a little bit more of that. Have you been listening so. to the official Star Trek Picard podcast? I have, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I like the re- the re- I prefer the Ready Room. Um, but at the the official Picard podcast is nice. I, I'm kind of met on the um, interviewers, but the interviews obviously have been have been great because they have you know everybody and and this week's was great because it was so great to hear from Jerry Ryan mm-hmm. and and how she felt about coming back and everything. That was really. You know, I was grinning ear to ear listening to her talk about becoming seven again. So, and I can't wait for next week's episode to hopefully learn more about where she's been and what's going on. Yay. <laughs> was any of that in the comics? <laughs> any uh, seven no, stuff? No, <laughs> but I, I don't know why they're not giving me a seven comic. There is a really right? good seven comic uh, written by Brandon Braga. It's, it's called Star Trek The Hive. And it oh. kind of shows... Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine and Jean-Luc Picard together. They're they're trying to solve a mystery. That's all I'll say. But it's a really good comic by Brandon Braga. Again, if people want it, they should read it. There you go. Cool. The, I did I pass my comics test, Jen? <laughs> Party fans. Me? No. Yeah. You're you're the comic expert here. Oh. <laughs> I would defer to you. <laughs> anyway, so with this episode, we start in Vashti, which is in the beta quadrant, and we find out that it's where some of the Romulans were relocated to. And it's 14 years ago, Picard lands on the planet and he's welcomed. Everybody's so happy to see him. They're all Romulans. And then we see that some of the people that are living here are called the Koat Milat. Did I get that right? Yeah, Koat Ko- Milat. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it sounds and like. <laughs> it's uh, their female warrior nuns, which I'll tell you some more about later. But here's the first time we see Elnor. And we see his intro almost like the Aladdin street rat scene right. where he steals an apple and runs away. And then we see him interacting with Picard and we get some more exposition. We find out that while he's there, he talks to them about a mission, about helping them relocate. And he brings Elnor. You can see almost like a father-son relationship between Elnor and Picard, did you get the name of the lady he's talking to? 
Oh, geez. Let me look it up. I can look it up. She was delightful. She was, uh, she, she gave me, um, Kai, uh, yes. Kai Opaka vibes. Yes. Is, now, Kai Opaka she, is the first per- Kai we meet, right? Yes. The one who passes away on the planet? Yes. Zani. Zani. And she yeah. is... She, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, go no. Yeah, she just, she just radiates this, this serene wisdom, you know, the same way Kai Opaka used to. And uh, and she's wonderful, and 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 her and Picard are are equals. I mean, Picard too. So everyone is equal, but they're they're obviously like they're intellectual equals. They're equals in the sense of they're both leaders, and and I, I enjoy their conversations together, especially because she does have the the absolute candor <laughs> with him, and you can tell he does with her too. And and it's it, I I really really hope that she's just not a one and done. I would love to see her again. What was particularly interesting to me is I'm glad you said Kayopaka because she is even dressed mm-hmm. the way Kayopaka would be, except yeah. they're all dressed in black, right? And yeah, the the the, the Star Trek uh, religious order <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the uh, you, all you need to do is change the hat to right. a shaped hat and then you get Guinan. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the same across different spec. Come on, Star Trek. No, I'm kidding. Right. You guys are doing great. I'm so proud of all of you. Good job, Star Trek. But no, that was a good scene. What did you think of the scene in general? What do you think of the start of the relationship between Picard and Elnor that we saw and how did it when it ended? What did you think? What just give us your thoughts? My thoughts. Well, I mean, the scenes with Picard and, and Baby Elnor are just delightful. It's really great to see uh, Picard interacting with him. As a if if you think about his other times interacting with children, um, you know he he's he says he hates children, blah blah blah. But but you know the, he he steps up when he needs to, but. You know, like if you, if you, but begrudgingly almost. Uh, the only time you've ever seen him act like this with a child is the way he acted with his nephew Renee. Um, you know, with because with delight on his face. You know, Picard's enjoying reading this story with Elnor just as much as Elnor is. He's enjoying the sword fight just as much as Elnor is. You can see it on his face, and that's growth for Picard, but it's also just, it, it also made me a little sad because it reminded me of Renee and, um, you know, and how Picard has never had a, had a son. This is like the closest, I mean, inner light, his, his life in inner light. I mean, I guess you, you have to count that. <laughs> um, so he's experienced being a father there, but, but within his life as Picard, this is like the closest he, you know, he's gotten. And, and I just it, it, seeing the joy on his face was not, was really was really nice. And then of course she's you know then he gets the gets the call of what happened and you know that's just tragic. <laughs> we keep going back to that scene and where everybody is during that scene. Mm-hmm. If you look at episode one, two, three, four, they all have flashbacks. The, right. All episodes start, all start with, with that flashback. Yeah. And each of them has a different point of view or where people are in different places. I thought that was pretty interesting. When Picard lands on that planet, Vashti, I really like the soundtrack, the guitar 
the city, the smooth. It's almost like a western soundtrack, but it, if the western <laughs> was a happy, nice, nice, sweet, hey. playful western, and I don't know if you noticed, but the social club, which we find out later on what it becomes, but here it's a nice, happy place where everybody's playing and they play some kind of a card game. Do you know what that is? Oh no, I didn't notice. Are they playing with those tarot cards? Yes, the cards look the- similar to the park meat which is what park they were meat. called in the previous episode i think when we see ramda playing with them or oh, she's mm-hmm. not playing with them she's doing the tarot right. but it's the same shape the same size so I, i'm not entirely sure if it's the same card system or if it's a different or maybe just all the romulan cards or triangles all i'm saying <laughs> is qmx if you're listening please make that card so i can buy it because <laughs> that's what I need. I need to know what those cards are. Make them. I, I, w- I would like a set of Romulan tarot cards too, honestly. <laughs> yes. Thank you for jumping in with me on this. Yes. Jen. Should we start a petition on change.org? <laughs> this is a really important cost to the both of yeah, us. Yeah. I mean, even even just, I mean, the, the just the little bit of artwork we've seen on it is, re- is really beautiful. It really puts something into this. And um, it, it's, yeah, I definitely would, would purchase a set. <laughs> Yeah, clearly work has gone into it. We nerds yeah, will pay twenty dollars right. for it. Right, we're ready. We don't need to eat food all the time. Take our money. Yes, <laughs> just make it. Cure Max. We're gonna buy Star Trek stuff. Just yes. make it, and we will buy it. <laughs> we are easy marks. Mm-hmm. You just have to make them and put them on exactly. and buy them. So one of the things I really liked was that. Elnor walks up to Picard and he says, hey, what did you bring me? And Picard brings the Three Musketeers. And if you know a whole lot about the Three Musketeers, you'll know that it's a book about swashbuckling, the people in it, they fight with swords and stuff. And I like that eventually Elnor will grow up and have a sword as a weapon, which Mm. I wonder how much the Three Musketeers has to do with it. But we also see a scene in which Picard and Elnor are fencing. Because I think it's fencing because they say on guard. I could be wrong. But they're playing with sticks and then that's when he gets the call. Anyway, so that scene overall is a it's a beautiful setup. I like the I like the background of where Vasti is and before leaving he says, you know, your mission has to continue. We will do everything we can. But of course we find out that that is not the case. Because we've seen what happens in the next three episodes. So now we jump to the present day La Serena where Rios and Jurati are having a conversation. I think that's going to be a couple situation. I Ooh. don't know. It's just a... I don't know. We, we're going to find out. But I think that's... I, yeah, I don't know where they're going to go with that. That's one possibility. I also... Just the, the way that Rios marveled at Seven's uh, piloting skills. I wonder if he's going to start crushing on Seven, too, as a possibility. I don't know. I, I'll ship him with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I he's shipping who. himself with all those holograms. Oh, I, I, I adore the holograms. I all adore that. All <laughs> I'm saying is, if you can have a bunch of holograms look like oh anyone, and you're making them all look like yourself with different accents, it's, I, I don't know, it's, and that's fine. You know, everybody's into... Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get backstory on that, of how that happened, but I also kind of feel like it, it just says something about his psychology where he is too because he's obviously hurting you know he's obviously in pain from 
you know, the past and we don't we don't know exactly what happened, but he's obviously going through some kind of grieving process and and dep- you know, depression. And um and I don't know, geez, maybe just being able to to speak to the different aspects of yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of of a useful thing. You know, maybe that's his form of therapy. Who know? You know, I don't know. Or maybe we'll find out that that's just what the the settings default to the the captain. I don't know. And he just didn't change it. Who knows? See, he does have that funny line. He's like, "Oh, I hate that. Can I swear on here? You know? Yeah, that, yeah. I hate that <laughs> hospitality hologram." <laughs> but I think I thought that was a funny line. <laughs> yeah, it's. But you're right. It's. Uh, I don't know if I would go as far as saying like that's his way of dealing you know what it is jen it is his tragic sense of life that's true mm-hmm. and now that now that book that he keeps reading that that I, I i have no um background on i have to look i have to read that i'm adding that to my list of books to read because that's interesting i want to know more about him why he keeps that book around all the time <laughs> well it's a it's not a classic philosophy text by by any means, but it's a very unique philosophy text in that it's supposed to be a philosophical treatise on living your life with the understanding that we're all going to die at some point, which is not that different from what Nietzsche and said, but it's just a very interesting way of saying, hey, you know what? The death is inevitable. Like all of this right. is essentially useless because we're all going to die again, which goes into some Buddhism, but it's a good, if you have some time, it's it, like, it's free on the internet. You can find and read it. It's a, it, it's an interesting book. There are, there are some interesting things in it. And well, going back to what, what was going on, what I found really intriguing is if you connect the pieces from the previous episode where he talks about his captain being like the captain's head being splattered Mm -hmm. all over a bulkhead to now his captain listening to Klingon opera, I feel like they're laying pieces or sowing the seed for who we find out that captain is going to be. When he says Klingon opera, who do you think that is? Is he talking about Worf? Well, we know Worf's okay because Worf got a name drop last week. Um, but Picard dropped, yeah, um, they name dropped, what was it, Riker, Picard, and, uh, I'm sorry, Riker, Worf, and LaForge. Yeah, but we've not seen them, and we yeah, also don't know. He's not dead. Is, yes. We also said, don't know that he said, why don't you call Worf or yeah. Riker or LaForge? Clearly, um, every time you watch these episodes, you find out that Picard has not kept in touch with any of the people from his past. Right. So he's, I feel like he's just making an assumption. Hmm. So, may- and uh, again, <laughs> well, worst, pa- worst past captain stage too. He would be, well, what was it? I mean, like amb- ambassador to Kronos, you know, he's mm-hmm. not going to go back to being a cap starship captain, but like, I, so, I mean, if that, so let's go with that. So what Klingons are of captain age? The one I, I the only one that comes to mind is, uh, you know, what is Paris and, um, and, and Bellana's daughter doing. She's about that age now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma- 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 what's it's not Mara? It's Mira, right? Something, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I mean, you're right. There's got to be some reason that it's Klingon. But, but I mean, maybe his captain was a Klingon. Maybe it's someone we know. Maybe it's someone we don't know. But like we know from yeah. Discovery that humans love all kinds of opera. Like yeah. Stamets loves Cassilian opera. Right. And so we don't know. I feel like they're just laying the groundwork for yeah. who we find out it's eventually going to be. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a good catch. From that scene, yeah, we go to Picard's study, which has been reconstructed in. I'm assuming like their holodeck or I guess quarters have just gotten to a point where you can make them look like your study. (laughs) We don't know that yet. Uh, But here we see Picard interacting with a hospitality hologram while Rios walks in and then Rios cusses at him before, (laughs) after, as soon as the hospitality hologram disappears. This is something that is again, connection for me with Blade Runner and Battlestar Galactica Two shows in which there are beings that are artificial, if you can call them that. And people openly say terrible things about them. And even in episode two, uh, people just make fun of F8. They openly mock him. And before he does what he does. Yeah. (laughs) And then they wonder, oh, well, like he has no feelings. Like it doesn't matter. And say what you will about TNG. Nobody ever did that to Data. And if they did, people talked about it and they said, hey, you can't do that to Data. So it, it tells you a little bit about where people have gotten to. But just what did you think about that scene? And I know other people jump in, like Rafi comes in and then Jurati comes in and they talk about them going to, him changing plans and going to Vashti. But what did you think about that scene in general? And tell me, what are, what do you think so far about all the cussing in Picard? Do you like it? Are you indifferent? Do you not like it? The swearing does not bother me at all. I mean, I, I, I th- the only reason they weren't swearing before was because they couldn't, <laughs> you know, in all the other Star Treks, you know, because of the the rules. So I don't know. It's kind of re- it's it's a little bit more realistic to how people talk. I think I don't think that's going to change. You know, when we there's a swearing all over Shakespeare's plays. You know, <laughs> people were swearing back then. <laughs> you know, people are swearing now. People will be swearing in you know twenty three ninety nine. So that doesn't bother me at all. That's how I feel about that. But um, um, but this scene, I mean, we learn we learn a lot of information in this scene. This this is a big scene. I I, I like the idea of them recreating the the study. So we still kind of have a little bit of the chateau with us when we're in space. You know, there's so it's not we're not just like in spaceship, uh, you know, compartments. <laughs> so that was, I thought that was a nice idea. Um, we learn, you know, we learn that there's well, we learn about the the Kawat Co- Malat <laughs> here. We learn that there's a race of, of Romulan warrior nuns, and uh, um, that they're enemies of the Tal Shihar. Which makes them pretty cool, <laughs> you know. Before we even see them, we know these these people are going to be badass. Um, we but we also learn um, they talk about the Romulan rebirth movement, which I assume we'll have to learn more about um, in subsequent episodes. But that's interesting too, because it sounds like there's there's just a lot of different factions of, you know, Romulans, which makes sense. I mean, they're gonna their culture's been fractured, you know a million ways you know after something like this happens which makes sense but it's it's interesting um yeah i don't know i i I like the little moment in this scene with with raffi and picard um they have a little heart to heart you can imagine that they had those kinds of talks when she was his first officer 
you you know see them like really bouncing off each other pretty well you know and and she's like well remember what we used to say you know one impossible thing at a time which is a great line um and then you know he and he says well i'm i'm to her i I, we have to stop here i may never pass this way again and then she she's like okay we I know Picard. I, this is what he's. He, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. <laughs> you know, if, you can see that they've probably been down, had this similar conversation about other things before in the past. So it was nice seeing them being familiar with each other too. This is a great scene. Well, since we do talk about the Koat Milita bit, I want to tell you about the. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this right, but I will fail. The <laughs> Ona Bugisha. So O N N A hyphen B U G. E-I-S-H-A or Bugesha. I'm sure people are familiar with what Geishas are. But mm-hmm. for those of you who don't, the, the Ona Bugesha are female warrior nuns that used to live during the times of the samurai. And they used to assist or complement the male samurais by helping them during a fight. And they used to be the women that used to essentially maintain the houses or the institutions that the samurai is trained in. And in return for all that, not only would they get the same resources as a samurai, they would also get the training that the samurai would get. And when the samurai would go off to various places in feudal Japan, the women would in turn stay in these places and be responsible for guarding them and taking care of them. And so... By the way, I, I was really impressed that when I typed female warrior nuns on the internet, <laughs> this showed up. I was like, this is awesome. I don't know why I don't That's know cool. about this. But that was that was pretty cool to me. I was I was really impressed. I should do more research on the Ona Bugesha. And what I found intriguing about what they were talking one of the things that name drop is a Romulan rebirth movement. Yes. They say that on Vashti, Which- that is what is happening. Now, you're familiar with the Palestine-Israel war, right? Right. And one of the fallout of that is the Palestine people essentially do not have a home. And people keep saying, we'll find a way to get your home. But the truth is that the Israelis have control over the land of the Palestinians right now, or the Palestinians. And the Palestinians are a group of displaced people who are having trouble finding a place to set their roots in. And while it's kind of not exactly the same because the Kovat Mila do have a place, they're they're surrounded by people who are not truly okay with what they're doing because absolute candor, as you find out, is not the Romulan way or mm-hmm. the Tal Shiar way. And clearly there are some bad actors on this planet. So I thought that was a good connection to the displaced Palestinians. And I feel like more and more... Uh, Picard goes down and talks to these people. Uh, I'll t- I'll talk more about this later, but the show is essentially be- ha- becoming in part for me an apology for the way the West is becoming today. Like if you think about Picard as who he is, he represents Starfleet. And Starfleet to me is, has always been the US government. Mm-hmm. And by him resigning from it and saying, I do not accept the ways of Starfleet with where the US government is today, and what, how it has become so different from what it was back in the 80s and 90s. I feel like the show is becoming more and more, in part to me, an expression for the new West or whatever the West is today. And it's almost like an apology or a way of talking about what the West has become through 
this man who once used to be the person to represent Starfleet, but today is, has does not want anything to do with it. And clearly they don't want anything to do with him. But all that to say, I, I found yeah, the Romulan Big Bird movement interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I, and I was just going to say, I mean, what you're saying, it's about time. It's not like in the 80s and 90s, America was great. You know, it was a good guy. We might have thought we were, quote unquote, the good guys, you know, and, and that certainly was, you know, the previous Star Trek's, you know, Starfleet is is right. Starfleet is, mm-hmm. you know, the the way. And that was, you know, just basically ignoring all the stuff we were doing back then and back now so it's long overdue and and i think i think yeah i think i think it's really good that picard is finally examining some of that um and i i love the way that they're that they're that they're really really honing in on the issues that are affecting us today it's 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 the perfect show for this moment in time i think but yeah, and i'm i'm also really interested in learning about more about the romulan rebirth movement because you know that's going to come up, and and yeah, and it's interesting to see that how how this how the Romulan society is split up into these factions, and you know, and of course they are. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's and, it's almost like what the Middle East used to be fifty years ago is completely yeah. different from what it is today, yeah. and it's essentially like a supernova went in there and completely split their people apart. Anyway, in this scene, we also find out, yes, uh, Picard says, I may never pass through this place again. And the, you, anytime you can play the death card, you, <laughs> you're, you win. I, f- I feel like that. I've got I'm a not, syndrome. You do yeah. what I... <laughs> let I me thing, have this. <laughs> I have a thing in my parietal lobe. Right. Crusher warned me about it in all good right, things, but right. I didn't listen. I did my thing and here I am. Look at me. Right. Oh man. Yeah. From here we and, go to and the it makes sense. It's. I mean. I. I think that's the. I mean. The whole thing of Picard in general is, is him trying to clear the clear his slate. You know, yes. of all the the things that he wish he would have done differently in the, mm-hmm. these last fourteen years. He's trying to to clear that off so he can. You know, and that's one of the things he he's felt shame about you know and Zari, what, what did we say her name was zari i gotta learn these names yeah zanny Zan. <laughs> that's the one thing she's zanny even says and she's, she's like you feel shame when you look at elnor mm-hmm. um and he does he feels that and, and that's one of the things he's he's gonna rectify you know throughout this the course of the show true uh i hope so certainly yeah and now we go to the artifact where we see soji <laughs> in her room looking at a hollow presentation of Ramda. I guess, is she, correct me if I'm wrong, is she green in this? Is she, who green? Ramda. Is she green? Like her, is Were they skin? scanning? It looked like they were scanning her. Well, the before, that scene, oh. before that scene, before that scene, there I... is a scene where she sits and looks at a video of oh, Ramda. Oh, on the video? Yeah, oh, and in that, that video... Ramda talks about the gun mother, or right. however white people pronounce it. I'm sorry for saying that. <laughs> the destroyer. Yes. She talks about gun mother, which is their day of annihilation. Okay. And she says that on this day, the destroyer will arrive. And clearly she has called Soji the destroyer. So we know it's Soji looking at uh, what once used to be Ramda, a respected professor or something to that effect and she's talking about the destroyer of course the destroyer i don't know how many people know but 
in my mythology in hindu mythology shiva is called the destroyer that's his other name he's often called the destroyer and of course in christian mythology there is the rapture and mm-hmm. jesus coming down and splitting people into two and there is just a lot of judgment day apocalypse related myth but it's interesting that for for a people that is that are so far away and wouldn't have had no way to talk to or interact with in any way people of earth that they also have a similar myth unless i do go by the tng lore in which i believe the episode is the race in which you find out that everybody came from came from the same yeah and i wonder if that's what they're trying to tell us is it's just they these myths were always there they just went into different places and became different things well yeah i mean I, I, that happens on earth i mean cultures that haven't um ever you know connected come up mm-hmm. with with similar myths just because it's you know because it makes sense <laughs> you know it makes sense to think that like you know to make make up stories about the you know the sun and the you know and the earth and and and, and I, th- i you know they they come up with similar stories because they they reflect the people who the people are and i mean romulans aren't really going to be that different from us in that sense you know in the sense of basic needs and basic you know curiosity and and i kind of i kind of like that i kind of like that they have a mythology but that it kind of it kind of feels like it could be an earth mythology too i like i kind of like that i find it inter- i find the mythology interesting or the romulans and i wonder how all of it will connect and yeah i i'm curious to see how it will connect to all the hate that the romulans have for androids right oh yeah since- i mean especially if she i guess she somehow picked up on the fact that soji was a was it android maybe mm-hmm. and that's why she thought she was the destroyer or i don't yeah. you know does she have some kind of ability with that mm-hmm. um or what that means but yeah it's definitely all going to tie together but but i guess that means the um oh jeez what's the not what's the what's the secret romulan not talshar what are they Jacques. called thank you i got to get i got to get all these new terms straight it's harder for me now than when i was young and i could just like memorize all this stuff i thought the dominance were your favorite <laughs> the shot i'm only on the shot bash for 3 weeks get me some slack <laughs> well yeah but the shot bash is i mean it just sounds less like uh, a secret intelligence agency more of just like a cult like they're obviously like a death cult you know and and this is part of them is is trying to stop the destroy you know the destroyer mm-hmm. and yeah so i guess i guess somewhere along the line the destroyer became synonymous with synthetic people <laughs> you know i i won't learn more about it but it's it's interesting it's really interesting yeah well, for sure we we will definitely find out more now from here we go to the la serena looking down at the planet vasti and their perimeter but before you do that do you remember how during the picard study scene they they cut to showing the ship going in warp it, it's a tiny scene but oh, it's like they they showed the last scene going in warp right after rio says he hates the hologram oh. <laughs> the the way it, it goes uh, i think i should i i should find a way to make a gif 
of yeah. that that warp and then the warp of the Enterprise and beyond, it looks exactly the same. Oh, it's I love the, it. The way they go is like, <laughs> is that a beyond reference way to go, you guys? Anyway, so they get to Vashti and on Vashti, you find out that they have a pretty secure perimeter. It's just a bunch of drones that is guarding those people. Now, I was a little unclear on this, but Picard says here that uh, they arrive here and he, he finds the perimeter and he says, hey, tell them I'm here. Hopefully they let me in. And they say, that's the first thing we tried. Yeah. That did not work out. And then and then he lands. So what? Cha- how did he end up there? Like, what did they do? Rios, Rios is something about, like, making a little cash payment. Mm-hmm. So I assume that they bribed their way in. Yes. That's, that's that, what I assumed happened. Yes, that, that's but what yeah, I thought, too. But yeah, they don't too. specify. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in a... In a post-scarcity society, it's good to know that there are some people who will still, who still know that money talks. Way to well, go, on guys. A, yeah, on a planet, well, on a planet like this, that <laughs> it seems a lawless planet. There's got to be some kind of currency. <laughs> so, uh, when they land on the planet, they cut to some of the Romulans that are living today. And you can clearly tell it's a different yeah. time from when they were back then. Did you notice the patch on their arms? Yeah, I think that's the Romulan rebirth movement. Yes, that's Ash, what I that's yeah. what I think too. I think that's the symbol yeah. of the Romulan rebirth movement. Interestingly, I've not seen that in anywhere in the Koat Millet. So I don't know if they are associated. No, no I wouldn't think so. Say it again. Koat Millet, good. Romulan rebirth movement, bad. Like that's just the impression I got based on what we know so far. Yep, I'm. Glad I'm not alone on that. So, I was... Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, so from here, Picard, of course, goes to, he walks by the restaurant, which we'll see later, the social club. And he keeps saying, Jola, he's saying Jolantru to everyone, yeah. which is a Romulan greeting. And he ends up at the Koat Millet house. And there he does the, he, they have a little funny little scene. And then now Elnor shows up. But Elnor oh. has clearly aged. He's gone from a, a street rat uh, <laughs> Romulan boy to making all the other men really jealous and shameful of her appearance. Handsome, handsome elf man. With big, big skin. strapping Romulan Just, swordman. <laughs> between Elnor and Rios and Hugh. Oh my. It's like, why, like, why it's should I watch delightful. this? I should just be it's at delightful. the gym all the time. <laughs> Why am I watching anything? I, just I had up. to live through 40 years of cat suits, so you can deal with some <laughs> hotties well in Picard. That is true. I can only imagine what it's like when Seven of Nine is on screen. Right, right. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know oh, yeah. where yeah. But yes, that's <laughs> They're all a good gorgeous. point. Well, that's a little, literally everyone in the show, and every show is gorgeous. That's just part of the requirements for being on tv so yes <laughs> don't worry about it don't comp- it's not a competition it's not you know that's just how it is <laughs> well it is a competition to me because there is only one <laughs> character that is the most gorgeous on star trek picard and that's number one hashtag oh, justice yes. for number one <laughs> okay. hashtag where is number one we can all agree on that <laughs> <laughs> so from here we i've see been calling El- my dog number one like when I take her out now, it's like number one, come along. And since you brought up number one, I feel like this is a good time to not only plug fan sets because they have made a couple of number one pins. Have you yes. seen them yet? I, yeah, I have one. Ah, and they've also have made two. this dog tag. Yeah, I have the dog tag. Yeah. I need to buy the dog tag. I've not yeah. bought it yet. But here's my incentive, <laughs> and the incentive for all our listeners is if you if you go to fansets.com. And when after you've done your purchase, if you go to the cart, there's a place to enter a promo code. 
And believe it or not, this crazy weird show has its own promo code. And it's the most subtle, the most (laughs) undecipherable code. It'll take you, you better sit down and write this down, is all I'm saying, because there's no way you can remember it. It's Polytrex. P-O-L-I-T-R-E-K-S. <laughs> just enter Polytrex in the promo code and you'll get 15% off. And that's, trust that's me, right sweet. after this show, I'm buying that number one dog tag for Do my it. puppy's odd. Do it. But anyway, back to the episode. And I, got, I don't know if they have them anymore. I'm sorry, back to you. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I don't know if they have them anymore, but I really love, I love they do the Christmas pin every year now, which I yes. love. I love collecting Christmas stuff. Star Trek Christmas stuff is, so that's my jam. But um, it's number one with a Santa hat. Santa hat, on, yes. Which is, a, it's just adorable. I love it. <laughs> I, I don't am, know if they still have them. <laughs> I, I if bet they, they do, do, pick one up. They're yes, adorable. Yes, I will make sure I get that. So, right. Yeah. And again, this is not, on brand, but right. I really like. They recently released a Swamp Thing pin. You know who Swamp Thing oh, is? Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, it's such a good pin. That's that's now, clear. Wh- now, which Swamp Thing is it based on? Is it big, like the comic? Like, mm-hmm. doesn't he? He looks different in everything. Yes, right. It's the it's the comic the, Swamp Thing. Yeah, the, the I like the t- I I love the '90s Swamp Thing TV mm-hmm. show they did. That, I right. I really got a kick out of that one. Like, it's, I'm like UPN in the '90s or whatever. I really like that version of Swamp Thing. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they've done that pin yet, but they're doing no. pins all the time. So I'm sure <laughs> they do, yeah. it's only a matter of time. So anyway, we go back to where Elnor is and we see a young Elnor and he has a sword and he looks really cool. Is this the he closest does. thing to an elf we've gotten in Star Trek? <sighs> Maybe the, um, oh, who are the people that um, think Picard is a god? The proto-Vulcans. The, it begins with an M, doesn't it? Let me look that up. It's like, who watches The Watchers? Oh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> they look Clearly, like... Clearly, I don't remember. So I'm not doing oh, a very on. good job. Hold but on. Look. Do you mind if I take, take a minute to yes, look it up? Yes, that's fine. And meanwhile, I'll just keep talking because I think <laughs> Elnor is a very cool character. It's interesting that, again, the, the connection from the the geisha that I was talking about earlier to the samurais. Elnor is essentially a ronin. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, ronin in Japanese samurai lore is a swordsman without a master. And as Elnor's a, a boy who grew up around female warrior nuns who are very particular about the femininity of their group, he is someone who doesn't he has gotten all the training that those warrior nuns have gotten, but he is not anyone who belongs to a certain kind of. I don't know if there is a male samurai yeah. Romulan guard, but uh, do you have the answer? Give yeah, yeah they're the Mintakins. If you look up the Mintakins, they look like elves. And there's, a, remember, um, Riker dresses up like one, and yes. so it's like elf Riker. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's but so. But yeah, he he needs a quest. He's got all this talent and you know an ability, and he doesn't have any where to channel it to. He needs a quest. And we so we find out more about Elnor a little bit later. But we essentially see him. There's like an introduction scene where he shows up and they start talking. But then we jump back to the artifact where meanwhile back on the board cube. Board yes. cube. <laughs> Absent from this episode is the lovely Hugh. Yeah. I don't know where Hugh is, but bring back Hugh. Yes. Hashtag Hugh. Hashtag justice for Hugh. Hashtag <laughs> we, need we need more, more Hugh. Hugh. 
<laughs> well, I can't wait for you and Bor- and Picard to come face to face. Oh, it's if I there want. is a, I, I've said this before, but if there is a scene in which Picard talks to Seven and he at the oh, same time, no. I will flatline. An X four convention. Oh, it'll be perfect. <laughs> and they need that. They need all three of them. I think it would be good. Like yeah, each of them has a very specific yeah. perspective on the board. Right. But here we see the scene you're talking about, which is Soji examining. Ramda, who's being worked on by a drone, and then oh, Narek right. shows up. Yeah. It's weird how Narek just shows up. Mm, it does. I still, I'm still trying to figure out what the thing in his ear is. Ali brought it up in one of our episodes, but is it a hearing aid or is it something that helps him in his I, ear? I don't yeah. think I noticed that. Oh, you should watch. It's in his oh. right ear. It's essentially like a little wireless earbud. Oh, but it's well, it's yes, it's it's pretty, uh, it's pretty intriguing. But so Narek shows up here and then they have a little bit of a chat about Ramda. Turns out he knows who Ramda is. And mm-hmm. later on, they sit at a restaurant, cafeteria, canteen type place where they start talking to each other. And Narek starts talking. Some rhyme to- and ale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. And then it's blue. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. And here Narek and Soji are, are talking to each other. And Narek is slowly dropping in the idea about where she's from. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk more about that here in a bit. But uh, in this conversation, what I thought was particularly interesting is that Soji is beginning to suspect Narek too. And she keeps saying the same things that we are. She's like, you're in the right place at the right time all the time. You know, you seem to know all these things. And then she asks him, are you the Tal Shiar? And he says, no. And then she says, well, if you are the Tal Shiar, would that be your answer? And he would say, Yes. So, is Narek Jatvash? Is that well, the understanding? I, I mean, the other Jatvash thinks he's Jatvash. Is he a double agent for the Tal Shahar? Is what is that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, because, I don't because his his quote unquote sister <laughs> thinks he works for the Jatvash. <laughs> that is such a weird relationship. And, <laughs> <sighs> well, then you wonder if it's just like I mean, do they? You know how like cult like people in a cult might call each other brothers and sisters like maybe that's what they're doing they're not actually brother and sister i don't see or- any facial similarities in them for <laughs> any way to be brother and sister but yes but i know what you're what yeah. you're getting at for sure it's but um it but so- yeah it, i mean he's obviously there's obviously something mysterious going on with him i don't know if it's that he's a double agent or that he's just um or if we're just meant to think that he's going to you know, have second thoughts and fall in love with Soji and decide to help her instead of the Javash. You know, I don't know where they're going with that. I think Narek but. will turn to the good side and then Jirati will turn to the That's, bad side. <laughs> I, de- I definitely think Narek's, Narek might turn to the good side. I'm not sure about your... I don't know. I, like, Jirati's Gir- interesting because she seems... She's definitely has an edge to her. Like she seems at first like she's just like a goody two shoe scientist, you know, kind of person. But but she's pretty in this episode in particular, she's pretty outspoken and pretty um pretty snarky, which is you know. And I don't know if that's just her being comfortable, or you could say that's her trying to squeeze her way in to try to be a spy, or, or I don't know. But um But I think but if you think about it from her character of her being a uh, cyberneticist, she's going to be on the side. You would think that would put her on the side of 
the androids, the side of Bruce Maddox. So I guess you could say if Bruce Maddox is bad, turns out to be bad, she'll turn out to be bad. Or if Bruce Maddox is good, maybe she'll turn out to be good. I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I also don't know if they'll do the Star Wars thing and say, oh, guess who Bruce Maddox's daughter is? Dr. Jurati. <laughs> I don't need any more of that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Stop Let's it. Let's not even go there, please. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> All right. Well, what I will give you is the Borg ritual. Did you? Okay. That's oh, a scene yeah. I, that completely lost me. Oh, I don't he's know just what trying to be cute. He's just so, trying to be cute. So that's not really a Borg so, ritual. No, just, no. I got okay. the impression that he was just trying to be cute. He's like, oh, here's this special Borg ritual. But then it's just like, oh, look, at, in this ventilation return shaft, yeah. we can, you know, slide down and it's fun stress relief, you know, and yeah. then, then we'll make out. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> this is where I think I, it's stronger evidence supports that they are not, like, he is not completely Chartwash or completely loyal to Chartwash. Right. Because here <clears> he could have said one of a hundred things. But the thing that he goes for is trying to make her realize that she's her memories are not real because she thinks or she believes she was here when that ship showed up and dropped her here. But yeah. he says, you know, maybe that's not true. And then she, she you right. can see that she gets a little angsty, a little nervous, a little apprehensive. But yeah, and and he, I, I mean, and later on, the, his his sister. Uh, quote unquote for our listeners uh, Jen is Jen is doing the air quotes with sisters <laughs> which I 100% agree with um, she seems to apply that he's a cyberneticist himself so you gotta think that he's gotta be fascinated by Soji himself just from a scientific point of view let alone a, a romantic point of view so you, you gotta think that I mean he obviously doesn't want her dead mm-hmm. the same way that that Dodge died you know and is it because they they need information from her, her or is it because he's feeling sympathy towards her and you know i don't know yeah but i agree with you i don't think he's i don't think he's 100 percent loyal to the jatvash based on what we've seen well more on what the adorable. heck is going on there <laughs> but now we get back to what i think is the best part of the episode where elnor and Picard finally have a conversation and Elnor essentially asks him, why did you abandon me? And the Quat Milat Zani tells him, hey, he needs to he needs to find a place. He needs some purpose. And Picard sits down with him and says, you know, I need you. I need you to bind your sword to my quest, which is the most Lord of the Rings thing you can say. <laughs> Lord of the, and it was like, uh Okay, you guys. All right. We get it. We get it. Anyway, so here he says, will you... And then Elnor asks him the right question. He asks him, why do you need me? And then he says things like, oh, you're a good swordsman. Clearly, you're doing great. Like, you're young. I'm old. Which is... Again, it shows how uncomfortable Picard is really displaying emotions and how horrible he would be at absolute candor. Right. What he should have said (laughs) is, I'm a dying man. I once thought... I." I had a son in you mm-hmm. and I need I need this play this time to connect and all of this is kind of really an excuse for me to get to spend some time with you right and right. bind the truth is he should have said I want to bind my last days with your life which is I'm gonna cry <laughs> yeah. he can't he can't say it because right. that's Captain Picard and then right. but Elnor feels it and that's why he shows mm-hmm. up later but what did you think of that scene yeah what do you think about Elnor in general 
and yeah, just give us some thoughts. Well, yeah, and and I, I mean, and Elnor, Elnor at first says, "You left me, you know. Why shouldn't I leave you?" And he and he walks out, and and he's got a point there, you know. Um, especially since Picard wasn't completely honest, L- like you said, uh, he didn't he didn't go into the actual reasons of why he needed Elnor specifically. Um, so you can understand his feelings there and 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 why he just so people know in the previous episode rafi does a similar thing where she says i need you to leave me and then she shows up anyway i think that's just the picard factor yeah the picard factor is a great way to put it (laughs) the picard factor oh yeah and and it's and it's it's true and and you know and picard messed up and he's trying to right those wrongs and yeah and and i think he obviously like you said that wants this time with Elnor thinks of him as a son Elnor you know what he can be angry at Picard but he definitely needs the same thing he needs that time with Picard as as the only father figure he's ever known and I can't wait to see more of their relationship together I I, I really like that scene it was a great scene um I like Elnor so far um but we haven't gotten too much you know we've gotten just the just the warrior you know good good guy um you know obedient side of him which i know there's more than that to him you know because none of these other characters are one-dimensional <laughs> in in this show so i know there's gonna be more to him and i can't wait to find out more i um, would really like it if they finally in a very poetic way did the opposite of what Worf did with klingons where he's like klingons <laughs> do not like a klingons do not like b klingons do not like being probed and right. i hope Elnor is the opposite, and he says, "You know what the Koth Millet really like is ice cream. I like yeah. ice cream. I want to get <laughs> some ice the cream best, right man. now. Yeah. Let's do it." <laughs> and <laughs> so from here we go to essentially Picard thinking he's gotten a no, so he needs to go, but he's happy he got the opportunity to reconnect. And then he reaches out to the ship. Rio says, "Hey, we have seven minutes." So as he's walking, he walks by the social club, which now has a sign called Romulans Only. And that, to me, has a lot of historical parallels as someone who comes from a country that was once part of the British Empire. We are taught in our history books, and I've seen some of these signs in museums. We had signs like these all across the country in which specific buildings would have signs that would say, you know, British only mm-hmm. or uh, members of the Royal Army only. Some of the more demeaning signs would be something like no dogs or Indians allowed. That was a sign that was there in buildings all across the country, especially buildings like our parliament building and courts, places where you'd think the British royals would be. Mm-hmm. They'd have signs like no dogs or Indians around. Uh, you can find similar things in the history textbooks of the Chinese and the Japanese because they would also have similar things like no dogs and, you know, mm-hmm. this particular race allowed, which is terrible. But, of course, Picard... It wouldn't be Picard if he didn't go up and do something about it. So he just (laughs) pulls it down. And he doesn't do it angrily, which is such a Picard way to handle it. It's If it was Kirk, he would have just kicked it and then it would drop. (laughs) Kirk would have tried to rip it in half. uh, (laughs) Speaking of Kirk (laughs) Kirk kicking things, you can find my review of the Kirk Few Manual coming up this week on Trek News. You can read all about how Kirk kicks... (laughs) And punches things. But, you know, Kirk would have, yeah, he would have punched or kicked it. But Picard just goes, pulls it, and then he walks into the store and just is the nicest, 
kindest person to say, hey guys, what's going on? What did you think of that scene? What did you think of the conversation? We'll get to the point where Elnor shows up. But again, it's a bunch of people telling Picard, you failed and you failed right. us. And this is the consequences that this is what we've become. And you have to, nobody's asked, he says right before they fight, the senator says, you know, nobody asked for your pity, just like nobody asked for your help. What did you think of that scene? Right. And I think I think it was powerful that they used a former Romulan senator to deliver that message because it wasn't, you know, there couldn't be someone that we knew. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know any of these people, but we know, we, we kind of know what a Romulan senator is, what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, how different that a life as a Romulan senator is from what we're seeing in this scene. Um, so it, it's, it's a way to, to, to show just how, how bad it's gotten, you know, mm. that con- they were able to show that contrast um, with that character. And yeah. And, you know, in seven minutes, Picard gets into a lot of trouble here. He couldn't just stay out of trouble for seven minutes. Um, but yeah, I thought that, I thought that was really interesting. I think there's, it, obviously that's going to be, part of that's that's not going away that issue is not going away just because he left that planet you know so yeah and then then it becomes an actual sword fight (laughs) yeah and what i really liked is picard lectures him on this later but eldor gives the guys a chance he says you know choose to live and then he says leave him alone and then they don't, which is when he strikes. And that's such a Kill Bill move where he's like, just <laughs> goes up and strikes the guy and his head just falls off. Right, right. And uh, I thought it was a pretty cool scene. And then he declares that he has bound himself yeah. to, I, I believe it's Kalam Kai. He says, I... I, I gotta I, learn all these words. <laughs> uh, apparently, favorite alien race. but I know. The words, I'm slipping. You know, you know. <laughs> It says I'm I'm binding myself to Picard. I'm his I'm his column Kai now, right. and you people need to leave him alone. Essentially, and then just as they're about to attack, Rios pulls them out from there. What I find again, this is a tiny nitpick, but it's a no. That was a good sword fight, right? I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. No, I th- I thought it. The only the only thing that was weird to me is is that that was an odd shade of green. That wasn't how I pictured Romulan blood. Ro- Romulan blood in my. Uh, in my mind is more of like a Kelly green than like that neon slime green. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is a tiny nitpick, but how did Rios know to get two people off of there? Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that too. I just like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. Maybe, maybe Picard said like, I'll be coming back with someone. Cause I think they knew that he was going there. Oh, they did know. Cause Rafi says that when they're in the study, like, Oh, he's going there to get a, you know, a hired gun. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was expecting to beam up two people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I found that. I found that pretty that interesting. Was, yeah, but it's a tiny nitpick. Yeah, yeah. No, I maybe thought the same thing. Somebody from Star Trek is listening. Hey, explain yeah. it to us, guys. Tell us, tell us how that happened. We would love to know. I always think about like in Galaxy Quest, they have them on the on the transporter. They have the monitor where they could see what's going on on the planet. Yeah, they don't have that in the real Star Trek. That <laughs> is true. That they did it, not. Right? But that would be helpful because then you'd be like, oh, look, I see what's going on. There's this big sword fight that's going to turn into a, a phaser fight. <laughs> Let's get these two guys out. 
So a lot of things happen here at the end, as we get closer to the end. But so uh, Elnor and Picard land, they get aboard the La Serena, and then Picard gives him a tiny lecture about, "Hey, you can't keep killing people. You have to listen to me." And then they do the hunch, the Namaste, the Romulan Namaste, yes. which is the I feel like it's <laughs> so in my culture we call it like the Lotus Namaste. It's like you know your hand opens into like a little lotus, but. Uh, so he does the namaste and then it's essentially they become part of the they become part of each other's quests which i thought was really cool and then of course it wouldn't be rafi if she didn't make a sarcastic <laughs> comment oh great it's a guy with a stick because she the truth is she has not seen that there is a that was pretty cool is she has not seen that yeah. there's a sword inside it so right. she thinks she's, it's just a stick which you know well done but then the the dog fight breaks out because the romulan bird of prey that showed up earlier starts shooting at them and jen this is your favorite scene so i'm just going to let you take it away for <laughs> 15 minutes but there's a really cool dog fight and then yes we'll uh, you find out that there's like a web would it be called like a weapons hologram or like a battle hologram yeah i think it was like like a tactical hologram maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like a tactical hologram and this yeah. i'm glad this Emmett. time finally there's at least one person who speaks spanish yes i like that i like i like how rio started speaking spanish and emmet speaks spanish too and, that was nice and so the dog fight breaks out and just as they think they're about to lose everything to the talshiar bird of prey a ship shows up out of nowhere saves the okay. lacerena from being shot down by <laughs> chopping off a wing of one of the birds of prey but oh not before the bird of prey can get a final shot and right. just as the bird of prey is about to disintegrate picard and crew command that whoever's on that ship be brought over to the lacerena and then you find out it's seven of nine seven of nine all right you <laughs> go go nuts jen how cool was the scene Oh, okay. So I was a little bummed that I got spoiled by the credits because the opening credits listed Jerry Ryan as a guest star in this episode. So I was a little kind of bummed about, you know, a little bummed about that because I kind of wanted to be surprised about when she actually shows up. So it wasn't so kind of, you know, it's like, oh, so we I know this is going to be seven in the ship, you know, so that, that took away from it a little bit. But who cares? <laughs> who cares? Because it was just so exciting to see her again. And she looks amazing. And she, you know, she does her little, she did her little seven, you know, like head, head, head movement, you know, mm-hmm. where she says her line and collapses. And, and I just, I like, I just felt this, this like, this like tingling, you know, in, like in, in my, in like, go oh, up my back of, of like, of excitement, you know, <laughs> when I saw her again and so wonderful. Um, and I can't wait for next week to hear more about her story and how she ended up where she is. And, um, and just even just hearing Picard say seven of nine was just like a tingly moment, too. Now, correct well me done. if I'm wrong, but this is the first time seven of nine and Picard have met in. That's my understanding, canon, right? Oh yeah, definitely on screen canon. This is the first time they met. Um I was kind of under the, under the impression this was the first time they met all together. But, I don't but clearly know. they I don't remember met where I got before. that from. I wonder I, I wonder what it is. I'm I don't know if they met before. Yeah, I've not read because, our last best hope yet, which is the yeah, Picard no, tie novel, so I don't know if they yeah. meet there. But I I'm not again, I know the Hive comic in which they work together. Yeah. And oh, Okay. That's the one I know, but that's not like really yeah. canon. Right. So right. We, that's th- there are places where 
they've met in the past but it was we'll find out I next was week so happy okay <laughs> i have so many things to say yes Seven go for it <laughs> she looks amazing she looks so good so good don't uh, look universe don't tell me there isn't a borg portion that <laughs> jonathan delarco <laughs> and jerry ryan are drink at oh, all for sure because they, are, they it's something sure. in their skin cells yes clearly they they found it and they are not sharing it with the rest of the world right. but that's okay i'm more than happy yeah, to just have it in my life yeah those but two have not aged today it's insane <laughs> that that lady was on a show in the 90s there is yeah. no way and she I looks exact you can put I know, them so i did good. it i i took like a screen grab from mm-hmm. both of their times here and there and yes. i i don't know i don't know how The only thing that's changed is like it's a different camera but it's yeah. the exact same person who looks yep. exactly the same i don't know how jerry ryan does it that is crazy but i I'm love so happy i'm seeing her look you know her her clothes her regular clothes that she's mm-hmm. wearing which <laughs> is great to see uh the long hair she doesn't have her hair up you know mm-hmm. she looks so good so what do you have any theories about why she might be there i have no idea i haven't thought about it i don't i just I don't want to spoil anything about that. I just Okay. All want... right. We will we will we leave that. <laughs> so if you out. know anything don't tell me. Sure. But, no, uh, from the comics uh, or anything. Yes. But um but yeah, no, I'm just I'm just really interested to see how she's grown. 7 of 9 is is the character that I mo- that I most strongly identify with out of all the characters in Trek. she especially i i mean when i was in high school when voyager came out you know and so she was like did you just what? throw J- dax under the bus <laughs> you know if i i have you know okay my personality is basically jadzia 7 of 9 and riker <laughs> rolled into one <laughs> those are my top 3 that i identify with in all of trek it's <laughs> a weird season I, then i know i'm a weird person you know this about me <laughs> you know this from <laughs> but um but but set but seven in particular when i was in high school you know her character just her character trying to find herself and her and trying to, to trying to god through all this stuff that happens to her trying to stay true to, find out who she is and stay true to that at the same time and i just i love her and and how how she was in voyager and i can't wait to see how 20 years of of growth has changed her and i'm wondering if she grew in the same way i did or you know like if i'll still identify with her character or if she'll be totally different and i don't care whatever we get we get and i just can't wait to find out i love her so much <laughs> Well, in the interest of our guest host, I will not talk about any of the theories or connections, <laughs> but I would love to hear your theories. Let us know on at Polytrex or tweet at either of us. We would love to hear why and how you think she ended up there. That's one if, of the If you want to talk things. about it, you can. No, no. no. <laughs> okay. the, that's one of the fun things well, I think about the weekly format is that yeah. now we have a week or essentially we're recording this on Sunday. So we have yeah. four days before we actually find out any of that, right. which is four days of fun theorizing and figuring things right. out and in my house it's like i have a i'm an fbi officer <laughs> and i have a whole wall of thread and snapshots yes you you are you are that I, that gif of charlie from always sunny yes <laughs> yes that's me that so this is a it's the fact that i could put this in notes and talk to 
a, another human being and not right. burst into a million atoms is amazing. And anyway, so outside of that, any other thoughts you wanted to talk about in the episode about just <sighs> that we might have missed, I might have missed? Boy, I mean, we covered a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we like it here on Polytex. Yeah, you know, I, it's I, a, the longer the episode, the better. Who are you feeling? Who's your favorite new character so far? Number one, bro. Come on. <laughs> <I know. Okay>. <laughs> How about <laughs> two-legged character? Okay. Not four-legged. Right. We know well, number four-legged. One, I'm sure if I give <laughs> the right treat, number one can stand on two legs. <laughs> True. It's, well, that's a, that's a difficult question. Well, I really... The one that has made the biggest impact for me is mm-hmm. F8. Oh. Because F8 is somebody I can... There are so many layers of racism... Mm-hmm. and discrimination that I can relate to. I don't agree with what he did. I still think that's terrible. That's the one that made the biggest impact on me. But, you know, if I have to pick, how can he... Well, I, I don't think he... I don't think that was his decision. Obviously, somebody... Yeah, you could see whether that it's the activated. Whether, yeah, whether it's the Jat Vash or someone else, that was a somebody activating the mm-hmm. Maddox android. So. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm all about... Uh, again, this is a cop-out answer, but Picard... I don't know how you can not <laughs> say Picard. That's a great answer. That's not a cop-out answer. <laughs> what about you? Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously Picard. He's amazing. Um, I love I love Laris, of course. She's. She, I, I want to see more of her. I want to short treks about her. <laughs> um, but I really, the, most, the biggest surprise to me has been uh, Captain Rios. I thought that I was not going to like him based on the previews. I thought he was just going to be like the generic Han Solo type character, which is kind of boring, you know? Um, But he's got so many layers to him and, and I just want to know his history. And I find, I find him fascinating. I find his holograms fascinating. I love the whole deal. And, um, and it's just, it's just funny because no one, none of the characters are one dimensional. Not even Girardi. Like we're talking about, I mean, she's just basically this, this goody two shoe scientist, fish out of water type, but she might not be, you know, <laughs> there's still enough there. They're giving us enough, um, you know, to have us question her motives and question, you know, what her story is. And, and I just, I just, wow, they're really, really hitting this out of the park. I think the characterizations of these people got Raffi's great. They're all great, man. We're lucky. <laughs> we are this is the new age of trek i yeah. am i'm so happy to have lived this long to experience this because he's <laughs> oh, not like an old man like, I'm, I'm glad old. i made it to star trek picard yes, i'm like picard <laughs> i have been told i have uh, i need to go to space to find uh, my it, it, my best android friend's daughter because something terrible might be going on but i'm glad i'm that. catching you, a break to watch yeah to watch this show no i so who, who do you identify with out of Trek characters. Oh, in I general, gave you mine. Yeah. Uh, whoa, Bashir. Bashir because uh, brown love people. Him. <laughs> B- brown, brown, my, my brown He's people. He's my biggest Star Trek crush is it's Julian the, Bashir. Because oh, it's like the, I per, like I horribly <laughs> fail with women. I'm completely nerdy. <laughs> I'm. But I, he's I'm com- not though. He's uh, maybe season one Bashir, but just need a and, little seasoning and, you know. I, I, that's a I don't, I've not thought about that that much. Uh, well, a lot of the DS, to be honest, I, I relate a lot to Quark. Oh, interesting. Is, 
if Tell i had to that. if i had to if i had to pick quark would be my yeah. favorite character in star trek Quark's because amazing. yeah i i i have similar philosophies to quark i kind of don't agree with because the way my life has turned out i don't entirely think the oh starfleet is great and starfleet right. is right motto is correct but i also think that i i also think that you know we are mostly selfish people and that's okay like that's what life is like right. and uh, but i also think that there are times when quark shows up all like there are so many episodes of ds9 where quark is supposed to be this ferengi right. and he's supposed to be part of this culture and he has to agree with it but over and over and over he makes decisions that are antithetical to his mm-hmm. culture and yeah. as as a hindu man living in the united states having to live with the burden of one culture mm-hmm. and then learning and trying to find a balance between these two cultures he's just like i feel like like him i am uh being pulled on either sides by two different cultures in different ways and i have to find this fine balance of what works for me and to him it works that having a space bar and doing my dark deals on the side <laughs> this lovable rogue but then you know when when it matters you can always count on him being loyal to the people on the station and right. so that's why i think i relate to quark the most i don't know interesting answer yeah and he does i mean he do, like he he he's he stays on the station during the min- the dominion occupation and he basically spies for the for the the good guys and mm-hmm. and the, the one thing i always found that i really liked about quark was his taste in women mm-hmm. i know that sounds strange but think about all, every single love interest that quark had during the show was a really really strong smart independent woman you know and which you wouldn't normally associate with ferengi males based yeah. on their <laughs> You know, their assumptions about females chewing their food and eating and not wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's a really different, it, it's not as one would expect from a Ferengi. Right. You, right. It's like another thing that he looks at from his culture and he's like, I don't accept this. I right. want a different thing for, my, yeah. for myself. But yeah, that's the one I relate to the most. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, well, that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting uh, deviation. Thank you for well. Thank you for asking me those questions. Thank you for yeah. joining me. Thank you for putting up with my crazy fan theories and <laughs> giving it. us your delightful <laughs> thoughts. I thank you. I feel like I I need to balance out the insanity on every one of these episodes by having a normal person who can. Talk. <laughs> well, you picked the wrong person. <laughs> well, um, no I'm sure our listeners will, will will tell us about that. But hey. Where can people find you, Jen? Yeah. Just I know yeah. we talked about it a little bit, but where can people find you if they want to share their thoughts on what you thought? Hey, if okay, if you didn't like the episode or our thoughts, just be respectful, guys. That's all I ask for. <laughs> just be respectful to Jen. Let's you be know, nice. We want her to come back in the future. But you tell, know, tell people I am you. all about absolute candor. That's fine. If you want to tell me <laughs> what I did wrong, let me know. I'll appreciate. I'll take it as feedback for to improve myself. That really does not bother me. But yeah, good or bad comments are welcome. Well, but my could, first comment is you should learn the names of all the things I in your know, favorite I have alien to brush, race. I have to brush up on the, all this new uh. canon. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, so please, the, uh, you can find me on Twitter at EdoQuarks. That's where I am. DM me. We'll talk. <laughs> and also listen to Snap Trek, which is yes, a fun, please. delightful podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Now, people can find me on at gutter underscore hero. That's G-U-T-T-E-R underscore H-E-R-O. You can also find our co-host. You can interact with either of us, my co-host, Barry DeFord, 
you can talk to us on at polytrex that's p-o-l-i-t-r-e-k-s you can find us on facebook i have shared the facebook things but i cannot watch for them 100 percent. so i'm sure if you type polytrex you'll find something and that's how you get in touch with us you can also get in touch with us on at trek geeks those crazy people will send your hate slash love mail to us <laughs> however it comes in they're also all about absolute candor and now uh, uh, before we get out of here i do have when I say we, I mean me and Jen. I would like to thank Ali Martinez, who is editing this episode. And good luck. As, uh, <laughs> thank you, Ali. <laughs> yeah, and after listening to this, there are Ali always has the best, most unique, the coolest perspectives. So here now, you will listen to a snippet or just a section of the show. That will cover Ali's thoughts. So I'm calling this the research officer's log from the Daystom Institute because oh, Ali lives yeah. in Okinawa oh. and it's it's the perfect, perfect time because we have the Daystom Institute in the show. So now, before you sign off, make sure you listen to Ali's wonderful thoughts and listen to all that she has to say. I promise it'll be smarter and funnier and nicer than anything I've said so far. So make sure you listen to Ali's thoughts. Now, here is Ali Martinez with the Research Officer's Log. Thanks so much to Shashank and Jen for that wonderful introduction. I had such a fun time editing this episode, and I'll give you just a few of my thoughts about the episode because the both of them summed it up so well in this hour and a half little, I mean, we, they could talk all all day on it. I feel like all of us could talk all day about a lot of this. So I'll just give you just a few of my thoughts. So first of all, I agree with both of them that this episode was wonderful. I loved that we got more of that character exposition. We got to see new characters and we got to see a little bit deeper into Picard. I mean, Picard's a character that we already know so much about and that we've seen so much across Star Trek. And yet, we still are getting these stories in Picard where we take that another step further. Because yes, it has been 20 years since Nemesis, but Picard is such a layered individual. And now we're getting to see those layers come out with these different characters like Musiker and Elnor. And I just love the fact that we're getting to see a character like Elnor, that we would see someone like that in Star Trek. Someone that is, seems to be so central to Picard's story and yet can still be a new character, and that's okay. Because there are things left unseen with Picard. There's things that we still have to figure out, and that's what this show is pushing us towards. Now that we've gotten through the first three episodes that really set up that character arc, uh, now we can move into something where the storytelling is really going to start going. Or I've been hearing people say Picard is great, but it has it's really been a slow burn lately or those first three episodes. But I'm hoping with these next episodes that that's going to change. And also, OK, so seven of nine, guys, this is amazing. <laughs> and honestly, it's funny because I was never a huge Voyager person until, I don't know, about a year ago. So I used to watch it when I was younger and I don't know if it was just because I couldn't quite comprehend the characters well enough, but when I was younger and I would watch it with my parents, it it wasn't my favorite Trek. It wasn't my least favorite, but it wasn't my favorite. But then when I went back and watched it, I did another chronological rewatch of Star Trek. And watching it recently, 
I really found that I connected with the characters more. And of course, connected with Seven of Nine. So to be able to see her just for that little snapshot of a moment was super meaningful. Just like Jen said, I got those goosebumps. And (laughs) there's so many elements of this episode that I could go over, but I'm not going to bore you guys with another 20 minutes of me talking. So if you want to talk more with me about it, Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. You can find me at at T-Trucky. I can also be found at that handle on Facebook and as well on Instagram. And I also have a website that's currently under construction. That's ttrucky.wordpress.com. And also, I'll do a one last plug on here. (laughs) Hopefully Shashank doesn't get mad. Well, how could he get mad? This is a plug about him and I. So we're working on a podcast right now with the Trek Geeks Network called Who is Trek? It's coming soon. We are super excited about it. We've been putting all of our our thoughts, our brain power, our hearts into this because it's not just an easy venture. We want to make it wonderful. And we've had this, I guess, brainchild for quite a while. So we're excited to bring it to you. Who is Trek? You can find it on Twitter at at who is Trek. It's on the Trek Geeks podcast network and it's coming soon. So keep your ears and your eyes and any other senses peeled for who is Trek. So thank you guys so much for listening to this. As always, if you want to go back and give a listen to any other Polytrex episodes, you can find it on the Trek Geeks website. You can also find it where you can find most of your podcasts or where you are currently listening to this podcast. And also check out all the other podcasts on the Trek Geeks network. Incredible things like Trek Rewind and also Five-Year Mission Podcast, Trek Geeks Game Night, Discovering Trek, the flagship Trek Geeks Podcast, which was the very first first podcast, the very first one I ever listened to. So give it all a listen. And as always, Shashank signs off with Live Long and Prosper and On to Star Society.